Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Every Square Inch. This is officially our 40th episode. Um, I think it says 41 in your feed, but we reposted an episode from Christmas of last year uh, so I could take the uh, Christmas week off. So uh, this is our officially um, 40th episode that we recorded. And uh, it's been fun, and thank you so much for all of your support. been overwhelmed by uh, how much this podcast has grown in uh, so short a time. Um, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, despite, you know, well, despite everything, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Where do I start? Uh, it has officially taken one week to dismantle our beatific expectations of 2021. Apparently, a number changing on the calendar did not deliver the messianic hope that we had expected. One weekend, actually five days into the uh, new year, the United States of America's capital was breached for the first time since 1812 because, of course, it was. Listen, friends, at some point, at some point, we have got to stop saying this is not who we are and admit that this is exactly who we are. And if this is who we are, then my God, what have we become? Like an addict living in denial, constantly justifying, making excuses, hiding behind supposed misunderstandings until they finally hit rock bottom and have to admit what is so obvious. At some point, that has to happen to our society. At some point, one of these historical cultural moments has got to bring with it a historical uh, cultural reckoning. The addict calls it a moment of clarity. At some point, we must have a moment of societal clarity where we admit it is what it is and we are who we are. Now, let me tell you what I'm not interested in offering on this podcast. Another diagnosis. Another, I figured it out, this is how we got here, sort of hot take. I am so weary of those, to be honest with you. I've offered them myself. I've read countless others. I'm not saying that analysis is not important or helpful. It is. But at some point, we have to move from analysis to repentance. At some point, explanation must yield application. And that is the aim of this first podcast of 2021. I am not interested in figuring it out because, quite honestly, there is no simple answer to the complexity of our cultural ills. Future generations of PhD students will write dissertations all with different arguments and thesis trying to figure out what happened to us. And quite honestly, there are a lot of answers out there to be had, just not one simple answer. Meaning, is it Trump's fault or is it the mainstream media's fault? Is it Mitch McConnell or Nancy Pelosi? Is it millennials or boomers? Is it the Proud Boys or Antifa? Is it Christian nationalists or secular humanists? Is it storming the Capitol or looting Target? Is it social media or cable news? Corrupt politicians or corrupt CEOs? How about this take? Yes to all of it. None are exempt. All are complicit. If there is a simple take to be made, then it is this. There is none righteous, no not one. I am just so tired of trying to figure it out and so ready to be the change. 
and I want to tell you how I got there. I've been an outspoken critic of Donald Trump all the way back to his original primary from the 2016 election. Now, at that point, I was not alone. There were not many evangelicals during the original primary that were a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, my first piece that ever went viral was a critique of evangelicals who were supporting Donald Trump. So I, I've been publicly critical from the beginning, and I've never wavered from my opposition, unlike, honestly, many evangelicals who originally were opposed to him, but then came around to supporting him, and in some cases, like an Eric Metaxas, uh, came around to worshiping him, one might argue. And that refusal to join the Trump train in my circles has not been easy for me. At best, I have received kind of passive-aggressive disappointment. At worst, um, I could show you emails of scorn from folks I love very much, and I know love me very much, but simply cannot handle me critiquing Donald Trump. Okay, fast forward to Wednesday of this week. Trump supporters storm the Capitol. Republican politicians begin abandoning ship as fast as they can, distancing themselves from Trump at breakneck speed. Uh, cabinet members are resigning. Evangelical leaders who once endorsed Trump are now eating crow on social media. And to my utter, utter shame, I found myself wanting to exploit this national tragedy for my own vindication. How sinful and ugly is that? That my first instinct was to gloat and not lament. And listen, I could have, by the way. My goodness, could I have written the I told you so hot take. And it would have been delicious to folks like me. And I'm sure it would have gone viral as a means for other people to gloat. I mean, boy, would the kids have loved to share that one with their parents. And guess what it would have accomplished? Absolutely nothing. No healing, only further division. And at some point, we've got to choose another way. A way that does not reinforce ideological echo chambers, but instead dismantles the foundation they are built upon. And that is what I want this podcast to be. Hopefully, the beginning of a new way forward. For me, if, if for nobody else than me, then, then it's just me going on public record that I'm committed to this way forward, but also for my church community and hopefully for listeners of this podcast. So what can we do? What is a different way? I'm going to turn to what I believe Jesus would have us do in this moment. But first, I feel the need to speak to what we have to stop doing. I want to suggest that the mess of our society is in large part owed to one simple fallacy that we all seem to subscribe to and practice ad nauseum. The fallacy has a name. It's called tu quoque, which is Latin for you also. Here is the essence of it. It seeks to discredit the validity of a position by pointing to an alleged inconsistency in the person holding the position. Now, we have given to Quoque a more informal name, which is probably appropriate because <laughs> we need a name better than to Quoque. Um, so this is what we have begun to call it. We call it whataboutism. So, for example, a Democrat speaks out against the moral failures of President Trump. The Republican responds, what about Bill Clinton? 
I'm not listening to your critique of Trump when you supported Clinton. A conservative speaks out against uh, BLM looting. The progressive responds, well, what about storming the Capitol? You get the idea. We just go back and back with whatabouts. I cannot overstate how much this whatabout game is killing us. It ruins public discourse by rendering discourse obsolete, meaning we can't dialogue in any substantive way. Instead, we just go back and forth and back and forth with our whatabouts. And since there are endless whatabouts that you can point out, we never get anywhere. The arena of ideas dies the death of unending whatabouts. You see, it's a fallacy for a reason, must be said. Just because you can point out hypocrisies in the one making the point does not render their point invalid. This is actually something I face on a regular basis, by the way, a weekly basis, something every preacher faces for that matter. Every sermon I preach is delivered beneath the cloud of my own hypocrisy. You could literally what about every sermon I preach. So I I, I preach a sermon on Sunday morning. You could literally get into my life and you could say, okay, well, let's see if you practice what you preach. And hopefully there's, there's a measure of consistency there enough at least to allow me to continue to preach. I'm not this huge um, narcissistic hypocrite. But if you press the details, then yes, you could what about every sermon I preach because I am always inconsistent with what I preach. But the question of my own hypocrisy has no bearing on the substance of the sermon. The sermon stands and falls on its own, and so it is for all other ethical argumentation. So if I say racism is an issue in America, what about black-on-black crime has nothing to do with whether racism is an issue for America? If I say storming the Capitol is wrong, what about rioting and looting has nothing to do about whether storming the Capitol is wrong? If I say Donald Trump has profound uh, character flaws, what about Joe Biden's corruption has nothing to do with whether Donald Trump has profound character flaws? If I say abortion is evil, what about care for the orphan, immigrants, and poor has nothing to do with whether abortion is evil? Friends, we have to quit whataboutting each other. It only reinforces what we already believe, and it further deepens the divide. We have to stop. And Christians, it starts with us. Our pastor of community care, Mark Randall, said it best to me this morning. He said, you know, at some point, somebody's got to love their enemies. Well, he's right. And embedded into the very fiber of the Christian ethic is love for enemies, as modeled by our Savior, who died for us while we were at enmity with him. What about my, quote-unquote, enemy's flaws is completely antithetical to the Christian worldview, indeed the Christian gospel. So it has to stop, and Christians are the ones called to stop it. Stop it, and then what? I promised a way forward, right? And it has to be more than what not to do. So we got to quit the what about thing. But proactively speaking, what are we supposed to do? Well, let me turn to Jesus and his upside-down kingdom ethics. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does something fascinating, extremely unconventional and culturally counterintuitive. He literally reverses whataboutism. Let me read for you what has risen to be the favorite Bible verse of our culture, but also the most misunderstood. Jesus says this, judge not. 
Oh, how we love that one, right? Don't you judge. If our culture has a creed, that would be it. But are you willing to continue on with his teaching? Judge not, lest you be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. It's brilliant. Jesus is saying, if you are going to judge, then you will be held accountable to your standard of judgment. The moment you admit something is wrong, then it must be applied with consistency. Meaning, you are not allowed to pick and choose your judgments. If you are going to judge the character of Bill Clinton, then you are going to have to apply that same standard to Donald Trump and vice versa. But more so to Jesus' point, which had nothing to do with comparing other people. This is his, this is his point. If I make a judgment that lying politicians are wrong, then I must immediately ask, have I lied? If I make a judgment that prejudice and hatred in society is wrong, then I must immediately ask, do I have prejudice and hatred towards others? How about this? Do I have um, hatred towards those who deny that hatred and prejudice exist? If I decry greedy politicians, greedy CEOs, am I greedy? If I decry the sexual revolution, Am I looking at porn? Do you see? Jesus has us trapped. He says, judge not lest you be judged, knowing full well that we cannot help but judge. We are moral creatures who make moral judgments, and in so doing, we condemn ourselves because we cannot live up to the standard of what we demand from the world. And so Jesus' answer to the judgment trap is very simple. If you can't escape the judge not lest you be judged, what are you supposed to do? Jesus says, reverse the whataboutism. He continues on and says this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Ultimately, whataboutism is an attempt to avoid the log in my eye, to avoid my failings or the failings of my tribe by pointing out the failures of others. It's an avoidance tactic, a tactic Jesus won't let us get away with. Jesus is saying, oh yeah, do the whatabout game, but always point it toward yourself. What about me? What about my failures, my sins, my duplicity, my whatabouts? Not what about them, what about me? So here's the challenge for you and me. In our raging culture that we fear is beyond redemption, every whatabout we are tempted to employ as a defense is probably an indication of something going on inside us. You wouldn't be pulling the what about if you weren't trying to avoid something. So instead of doing the what about them, ask what about me? What is it in me that wants to invoke the two quoque fallacy here? What is it that I'm trying to avoid by turning to the childlike instinct of, yeah, but you? Let every 
deflection turn into an occasion for reflection and ultimately, Lord willing, correction. And I mean that not just on an individual level, which of course applies. Yes, we must practice this individually, but also on a tribal level. The most consistent critique I receive is that I have a tendency to punch right, as they say. That meaning some accuse me of being overly critical of conservative positions and more gracious toward progressives. And people have noticed that rarely do I critique progressive ideas without admitting conservative failures and hypocrisies on that same issue. My response is guilty as charged. Conservatism is my tribe. And so according to the ethics of the Sermon on the Mount, my critique must start there. Do I wish progressives would do the same with their tribe? You bet I do. <laughs> but, but I can't obsess over that. My responsibility is to take the log out of my own tribe's eye. Friends, if we have any hope of reconciliation, any hope of societal healing, then at some point, what about them must give way to what about me? And as followers of the one who proclaimed this ethic, the responsibility starts with us. I am more resolved than ever in 2021. Will you join me? If you are a member of TCPC, I am admonishing you <laughs> to join me. If you're an outsider listening in, I'm inviting you to join me. This dark hour that is upon us is desperate for the courage of men and women to self-critique, to look in the mirror rather than across the aisle. Enough with what about them. I'm committed to what about me, and I hope you will join me. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, would you consider leaving us a kind rating and review of the podcast? Looking forward to um, getting into this in the new year. Uh, got a lot of exciting discussions and, and thoughts um, planned out for the podcast, um, but we will be back, um, I think, yeah, I'll, we'll be back next week for another episode of Every Square Inch. Every Square Inch.